The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Hello and welcome to The Career Confidant. We're happy to have you here with us today. A heavy heart comes onto the careers industry as um, last week, I think on Friday, Dick Bowles, the author of What Color Is Your Parachute, passed away. He was 90 years old. And if you've never read What Color Is Your Parachute, I bet that you've heard of it. It is one of the most iconic books in the careers industry, been around for 20, 30 years, sold millions of copies. And actually, the one I have in my office says at the bottom that it's one of the all-time 100 best nonfiction books as coined by Times. So Richard Bowles or, or Dick Bowles went by both names, was one of the pioneers in the careers industry in the, the later part of the industry, more recent part of the industry at least. And he himself had a quite a uh, varied path and not a straight path. And you can tell that by the work that he did and the content that he taught both to job seekers as well as to other career coaches. And he had started as as a minister or, or had trained to be a minister and then wrote the the book and just kind of snowballed from there. It's in its 13th or 14th edition and you know, looking through the contents, it was always amazing to me how he actually did revise the book. You know, you can see books and they're printed in new editions and really they don't offer that much more value from edition to edition. Um, But Dick had really dove in and done the research to figure out what was changing in the careers industry. What did job seekers really need to know to be successful And it also put forward some new little books talking about interviewing and resumes that provided some of that new perspective in addition to weaving it into the the new versions of What Color Is Your Parachute. So I'm going to just talk a little bit through this book today as I give a little tribute here to, to Richard Bowles. So when we think about what's changed in the careers world, and Dick actually came on the show a couple of years ago and talked about this topic specifically, that he had really moved into teaching people that Google is the new resume. 
And this doesn't mean, of course, that you don't have a resume that you use to apply to positions or that someone needs when they get to a certain point of the application process, but that Google is where people are going to see you first, or they're going to go there after they've looked at your resume and really dig in deeper to see what else is there. Are you a, really a thought leader in your industry? What evidence can they find for that on LinkedIn or your professional association websites? They are going to check out your social media profiles. They're looking for ways that you might connect with their company brand. They're looking for ways that they can understand more about who you are as an individual. Sometimes they're doing that after they interview you, sometimes before. But you have the opportunity through Google to have a wider impact on an employer. And of course, this could be good or this could be bad. And Dick had shared some statistics around how many people actually looked at online. Um, they do some research. And of course, they're looking for ways that you connect with their company. They're also looking for opportunities to eliminate you from the game. So around 80% of all resumes Dick had found from his research are checked out in some way. People Google or whatever way they can, they check out and try to find proof of what you've claimed on your resume. And, you know, this isn't perhaps shocking to most people, but I'm always surprised at how many people haven't done the work to make sure that their Google presence is cleaned up and to understand really how to do that. And there are some services that will do it for you. If you really have some digital dirt to clean up or someone that has your same name that has some digital dirt, it may be beneficial for you to pay a service like brand yourself or visibility to understand how to change your Google results. With some of those services, you can actually change what happens when someone Googles your name, given, of course, that they Google it the way that you want them to or include the keywords you want them to. You can have control over how those results show up. For most of us, it's simply cleaning up our social media profiles. We don't want to scrub them too clean. We want them to have some personality. And we don't want there to be things on there that might be a turnoff to a, a potential employer. Does this mean that, for instance, in our landscape today, you shouldn't be political? Not necessarily. It does mean that you want to look for posts that are rude or mean or people that have commented on your posts that are, have become rude or mean. You are more than welcome to have your political views, of course, and to decide how much you want to share those and how much you want other people to see about those. But when you get to that point of uh, being rude or nasty online, really, no matter what your political views are, that's not going to be looked at well for you. And of course, that flows into other areas of our life where we might be tempted to go beyond stating our opinions and get into that place of hurting our own reputation, hurting the way that we appear when someone looks at us online. Now, one of the things that I always find interesting and, you know, 
Dick had been around in the industry for, for a long time, um, starting in 1970 was when the first What Color Is Your Parachute was published. And yet he writes in his book, the latest one I have in, in my shelf is from 2014 for some reason, that job search really hasn't changed that much. And this is the shiny object syndrome that we get with job search when we think it's all about online. It's all about applying online, that you can't get a job unless you apply online. And the truth is that jobs are still hired by people. People hire people and people hire like to like to hire people that someone else refers or that someone else knows. They like that warm connection perhaps sometimes to their own demise, but they do. They think that if I have this employee or this friend or this contact who recommends someone, they're more likely to be a better fit. Doesn't know it's necessarily true, but it is how recruiters and hiring managers especially think. Therefore, job search really hasn't changed that much. It's who you know. It's networking. It's getting engaged in your industry. It's being known wider than your current company because that's perhaps something that has changed a little bit more is that people are having to move between companies more. There isn't as much advancement opportunity internally to companies. But it really hasn't changed that much and how people hire hasn't changed that much. The technology is simply a way that they organize the process, a tool that they use. But if someone you know refers you to that hiring manager, they'll skip all of that most of the time and take that warm lead because of the value that they place into it. The other thing that Dick was, I think that when you're in this business, you have to stay optimistic. And you can focus on the people that have challenges and and maybe are struggling to find employment. Or you can take the strategies from the people that are finding employment and use those to help those folks. And that's what I saw Dick do, was, was really be able to clue in on what is working for people. And then how does how do you take those ideas, those strategies, those best practices and translate them into something that everybody can understand, that everybody can do. And that's really what his book was full of, the practical, applicable, actionable things that anyone could do to get more clarity around their career, to interview better, to job search better, to network, just full of those practical tips. And his most famous exercise, at least in the careers industry, is the flower exercise, where each petal represented a different topic, a different piece of career decision making. And then when you put those things together, you're able to see visually all of the drivers for your career decisions. And my first interaction with that activity was through Dr. Richard Feller, who's my professor in my counseling program at CSU, Colorado State University. And it was his flower that 
Dick had used in one of his editions of What Colors Your Parachute. So being able to see how that looked and worked for someone who was a real person was pretty interesting from the very start. And when we come back from our short break, we're going to dive into that a little bit. If you're thinking about making a career transition or just wanting to tune up your how happy you are with your career, it's a great visual exercise to go through for yourself. So I'm going to visually describe this flower exercise for you when we return from our break. So we'll be right back in just a few minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. If you are a small business owner or a creative freelancer in pretty much any field, you can't miss Let's Get Radical. Your hosts, Jody Paydar and Liz Gold, will help you redevelop your plans, policies, and practices to take a radical turn in order to achieve new success. They spotlight the latest in technology, attitudes, what others are doing, and what can help you. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And let's get radical. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. And today we're talking through some of the wisdom from What Color Is Your Parachute by Dick Bowles in memory of him having passed this past weekend um, at age 90. So as I said, books started coming out in 1970. So think about how much has changed since then and how people look for careers and how people work and and how our lives fit together. And yet so much of what he did stayed relevant, helpful, and really inspirational to people who are looking to make career changes 
as well as those of us who help people do that. So this flower, this flower exercise, very perhaps simple and yet so elegant and helpful that it really has withstood the test of time. Um, so you can you can picture a flower, draw a picture of, of a flower for yourself if you're at your desk. The center of the flower is your favorite knowledges or fields of interest. Some of my other colleagues call those your fascinations. Um, this is the part of the puzzle that might be that passion. If people ask you, you know, what's your passion? This is the, the center of the flower. Um, it's an important piece to realize. And of course, if you just have the center of the flower without any of the petals, you don't quite have a full picture there of your career. So that's the center of the flower to really think through what are your favorite areas of interest, your causes, your passions, your fascinations. What are those types of organizations that you're drawn to, industries that seem appealing to you? Then petal two, and if you're drawing a flower, you're going to have six petals around the outside. Petal two, your favorite kinds of people to work with. So this is something you can think about. Again, what types of companies or industries do you like to work with? And what is it about those people that you like to work with? Are they scientific? Are they questioning? Do they appreciate the arts? Are they sporty? What is it about the people that you like to work with? And this is oftentimes between these two things, the center of our flower and petal one, the opportunity to integrate any learnings that you have from a interest assessment. So those based on the Holland, John Holland's information, where you have the six areas of interest, realistic, investigative, artistic, social, enterprising, or conventional, if you've taken the strong interest inventory or have done any activities, brainstorming to think about what types of industries and companies and people do you like to work with. Petal three, what do you love to do? What are your favorite skills to use? What tasks within your job get you going? What are those things that you lose track of time when you're doing them? That's petal three, those areas of skill. Petal four, what's important about the place that you work, the working conditions, the organization? What's important about that environment itself? Is it quiet? Is it loud and busy? Is it outside? Is it inside? Is it a place where there's a little bit of adventure or a place that's really safe? What is it about the work and the conditions and the environment itself that is important to you? Petal five, some of the details. 
What's your preferred salary range? What do you want to earn? Do a little bit of research there on something like salary.com or the Labor of D Department of Labor websites. Make sure that we're founding those hopes in some kind of a reality. And then figure out that range of salary that you prefer or that you're aiming for. What level of responsibility do you want? Do you want to be a manager? Do you like being an individual contributor? Do you want to take a step up? Do you want to manage other managers? Do you want to be a project manager where you manage projects or processes but not people? There's a lot of different ways to have responsibility in a position. Lots of different levels. It doesn't just have to be an individual contributor or manager of people. There are many other ways to have layers and levels of responsibility. Petal six, where do you want to live? It's an interesting thought because we think of ourselves as so mobile, but the truth is that location drives job selection for most people. In the research done by one of my colleagues who's with Rise Smart Outplacement, she talked about that the third most important thing, the third most important thing to people when they were selecting a position was the location. So although, yes, we are mobile and yes, we can work virtually, most people like to work where they can at least see their team in person every once in a while and they care about where they live. And still today, many people can't afford to move or don't want to move. So if you've been focused in your geography, you're not alone. If you're, you're struggling, there may be an opportunity to research options to move or to do virtual work. But if your location is important to you, that's good. In fact, not having a specific location that you're interested in can be a challenge because it's harder to network, it's harder to do a proactive search when you're too open in your geography. You can get away with it if you're really specific on some of the other elements, type of company, type of job. So where do you want to live? And choosing some of those top places that you want to live can actually be helpful do your research, see what the industry is doing that you want to be in. How is it doing in that location? Is, is there an opportunity there to find that type of work? For instance, if you want to be a ballet dancer, probably not going to find much work in Fort Collins, Colorado, right? So thinking about how do your skills and industries match up with your location there are probably some opportunities for most types of work in every location. But if there's not that much of a match, you may struggle. And then pedal number seven, your goal, purpose, mission, philosophy. What is it that you want to leave as your legacy? Or what is it that really gives you life at work? Why do you love to go to work? Or why do you think you would love to go to work? Helping people, thinking creatively, developing new technology. What is it that's going to be that driver for you in terms of your, your, your larger philosophy about, philosophy about work and life? 
and a little bit in here too about are you, what stage are you in? What What is driving your work? Are you trying to build your career? Do you need flexibility because you're working on your family at the same time, taking care of kids or parents or both? What is it that, how is a life and work going to interact for you? That's going to factor in what type of career you choose, what you're looking for out of work and how work is going to fit with your life. All of those things go together. So these seven areas that end up on your your flower, then they can all come together. You can see them all at once and look for themes or trends. Be able to eliminate options that don't fit. Be able to brainstorm options as you look at all of these pieces that are important to you and really put the pieces together. Your interests, the type of people you'd like to work with, what skills you like to use, what's important to you about where you work and the environment that you work in, your non-negotiables around salary, what type of responsibility you're looking for in a job, Where do you want to work? And then what's your under or overarching goal or purpose or mission? And how do those things fit together? And if you don't know the answers to some of them, that's okay. It may come as you do your research or as you think through your options or as you start even to market yourself for a specific career that seems like a good fit you'll start to have some of these answers become more apparent in as you make your transition or do your research and exploration. And then reevaluating this on a regular basis because it does shift. What we're looking for out of work shifts and we may even find ourselves cultivating some new interests. And if we're ahead of it and have the opportunity to think more proactively, which of course is the whole purpose of this show, it really does help with the transition so that you can use the resources from where you are to get to that next step versus having to start clean and miss a beat because we aren't sure where we want to go when an opportunity presents itself or we haven't done the work we could do while we're employed to build our our network in these areas and be able to move forward should something happen. Because remember, job search still happens the way it always has happened. And if we can know where we're going and build our network in that direction, It'll be a lot easier to make that transition when we want to or perhaps when we have to. So lots of other great wisdom here to share with you from What Color Is Your Parachute? Dick Bowles. We're going to take a short break and when we come back, we will dive more into some of the expert advice that he provided that you could go back and review for yourself as you plan for your career. We'll be right back in just a few minutes.
business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. Today we're going through some of the wisdom provided in What Color Is Your Parachute uh, by Dick Bowles. We are, we've been talking about his flower exercise that helps you choose career or make a, a career change or perhaps just check in on why you may or may not be satisfied with your current job or career. A great activity, walks you through it in the book um, in great detail, but hopefully what we gave you in the last segment is enough to get started for yourself and, and use that tool in a way that might be helpful. So one of the other sections in the book goes deep into interviewing, and we're going to go through the part of this that really gets to salary negotiation. We've had lots of people come in and talk about salary negotiation. There's many different approaches. And, of course, choosing one that works for you, your style, your industry is important. So I'll give you another one here. So when we think about salary, the challenge for all of us is that they don't put that in the job descriptions, right? And you can 
think of that as a negative or a positive. I think it's just the way it is. And, and unfortunately, it's just the way the industry, the recruiting and hire industry, hiring industry hires. I don't think they're necessarily trying to get away with anything or, or get the least out of people or pay the least for the most or any of that. It's simply a convention and maybe it will change someday, but I'm not holding my breath. What it does do, people like to look at the negative that then we don't know and we might sell ourselves short. However, what it does do is also provide you the opportunity and flexibility to negotiate your salary. This has shifted a little bit in past years and it's common sense perhaps that when the economy is bad and there's a, a glut of talent in the market, there was a little less appetite for salary negotiation, seems to be bouncing back with the economy. It will be more appropriate in some industries than others. It will be more appropriate in some companies than others. However, if you approach salary negotiation in a positive way, there's lots of different positive approaches, but if you approach, approach it in a positive way, it will have a positive outcome for you. Think about this. If you are going to get into a long-term relationship with someone, you want to know upfront what the expectations are. Of course, if you're talking about marriage, you don't want to know what the expectations are in terms of money and what that person makes in their job and all of those things necessarily. But you want to know what the expectations are in terms of how you'll handle money. If you don't discuss that at all before you get married, you'll probably be in trouble. Job search and taking on a, a job really isn't any different. We have to discuss these things up front in some way, at least a little bit, to have a good relationship. Otherwise, we're going to get on the job and find out that so-and-so makes much more than we do or that they were planning on offering X until we did Y. It's going to undercut or we're going to be at a salary that we don't feel is fair because we were hoping to just get in and then prove ourselves and negotiate up, which most research shows you doesn't work. That opportunity to negotiate raises is much lower Really, the time to do it and the time to have that conversation is when you're interviewing for the position, particularly when you've had an offer. I just saw an article the other day, or maybe it was someone's post on LinkedIn, that they asked about pay before the interview and got a reply back fairly quickly saying that the recruiter didn't feel like it was a good fit. Now you can say, well, that's a place I wouldn't want to work. Great. That's your prerogative. I would say that it's just how we work. People don't like for you to talk about money until the appropriate time. It's like going on a first date and asking about something inappropriate, someone's mother or, or whatever that might be, saying you want to meet their parents at a first date. It's just... It can rub the other person wrong, and it's pretty likely to rub the other person wrong. So if you're going to have that reaction that if someone doesn't like you asking that question, you don't want to work there, you might find yourself butting up against a lot of walls. It's just convention. Should it be? I, 
I don't know. And unfortunately, it just is. So negotiating salary happens after you have an offer. Why? That person has decided that they want to invest in you to go through the process of hiring you. That is the appropriate time to talk salary. Now, of course, this is frustrating because if the salary requirements are way off, then it may not may have been wasted time for both people. Most of the time, employers feel like they weed that out from the beginning based on their qualification of the level you're at and the level they're hiring. Unfortunately, of course, most of the time, well, not most of the time, some of the time that assessment is incorrect and they think you're a great candidate for a position that pays way less than you were making. Most of the time, they'll screen you out ahead of time and think that you're overqualified. So then it's our job as applicants to understand the level of a position as much as we can, doing our research, talking to people, doing some salary researches and Glassdoor sites like that have helped with that quite a bit and know if it's an appropriate level for us to apply to or if it's a level we want to be at, position ourselves as the person who's at that level, whether it's a step up or a step down in terms of salary. So Dick, in What Color Is Your Parachute? Big Bold Letters, never discuss salary until the end of the whole interviewing process. When they've said they definitely want you, when they've made you an offer, and I would encourage you not to negotiate salary until they've put that offer in writing or offered you a specific salary um, verbally, although it's great to get that in writing before you go to your negotiation. So that's the first secret of salary negotiation, that we don't do it. We don't talk about money. And this is especially true in Midwestern companies, companies ran by Midwestern people, where talking money is still not very acceptable. You may get a lot away with it a little bit more on the coasts where people are more forthright and more used to talking about money. The second secret of salary negotiation is to uncover the most the employer is willing to pay to get you is how Dick words it. I would also say you could think about it as is to work to come to an agreement that's going to be the best off for both of you. Now, why is getting the most an employer is willing to pay for you the best for both people? for the reasons we talked about earlier. If you go into a position and find out there was room for more, most people are gonna be frustrated with that and it's going to cause problems for you in your relationship with that employer. So how does one get to the point where you max out the range, where you find out what's the most that they're willing to pay? That will be the third secret of salary negotiation. Never be the first one to mention a salary figure. So the options for you, of course, are to either go in, know what you want, say it, 
or go in and use some skills and scripts to get the other person to say the number first. When people are really clear and have the luxury of being very clear about the salary that they're looking for, the first option can work. For most of us, it's going to be better to use some of the tools to get around that, having to answer that. So the first thing, if they ask you, what's your salary that you're looking for? We're not going to talk about it if it's in a letter for, for right now. We're just going to talk about if it's an inter interview. And they ask, what type of salary are you looking for? First thing you can always do is ask, what salary do they have budgeted? That's the first question you can ask. And they might look at you and say, no, we're really looking for what you're looking for. Well, you know, I think if we go through this process and I'm the right person for the job, we'll be able to come to an agreement on that. It's another option. If they push and say, you know, we really want to know what salary you're looking for. And some recruiters, most recruiters will give you one of those questions, not both. So you can choose which one you like, what range do they have budgeted, or I'm sure that if I'm the right person, we can come to an agreement, choose one of those two. Then they're probably going to say, no, we really want to know. And I'm going to encourage you to share a range, typically a range that is wide, maybe seven to $10,000 a year wide, depending on the type of position you're applying for. If you're in an hourly type of position, it might be two or three dollars an hour looking for a position that pays 15 to 18 dollars an hour or 18 to 20. That shows that you're flexible. So even if their range is a little outside of yours, they might they'll be more willing to work with you. And it gives you the opportunity of playing around with range. Never share a low number in that range that isn't going to work for you. If you say 17 to 19, they most likely are going to grab onto 17. And you want that to be something that is worth it for you, that works for you. So as you're choosing your range, you want to think about that. And of course, your research. If you want to make 17 to 19, but all the research you do on salary.com or the Department of Labor websites says that that job pays 15 to 17, you know, you might be best off reducing your range or lowering your range. Do your research, base that salary range on that research and give yourself some wiggle room. So leave you hanging here a little bit and take our, our last break and come back and talk about the fourth and fifth secrets to salary negotiation. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network you know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career you can have the foresight skills and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities a strategic advantage and career expert marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused get found and get hired Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. 
That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more. Old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace. Every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant. We are talking through Dick Bowles, What Color Is Your Parachute, and some of the wonderful wisdom that he shares in there. So we were talking about the secrets to salary negotiation and the first one being not to discuss money until they actually give you an offer. The second being to uncover the most an employer is willing to give and really not to think of that as a negative thing, but as a positive starting to the relationship so that you can be on the best footing, not necessarily that they're going to give you the most that they can afford, but that you can at least try to explore that so that you both start the relationship on a good foot. And then third, to not mention the number first, right? He who talks numbers first loses is this theory. And, you know, I've seen this one specifically come into play working with an individual who was transitioning into a consulting type of role, it was really hard to research what a starting salary might look like. And so we had done some coaching around this, asking questions, you know, at least that first question, what is the range you have budgeted? I I feel like that one is a given. You have free pass to ask that question in If someone gets mad at you for asking that question, then it may not be a place that you want to work, especially if it's that they're giving you an offer or they're asking you about salary before they've given you an offer. So we coached and coached and coached around this because this person really just wanted to give a range. And it was just too hard to research. So went in for the interview and uh, really wanted to say that he was looking for something in the range of fifty to 60000 
thankfully, he took the chance and asked, what is the range that you have budgeted? And no joke, no extort, you know, exaggerating the facts here, the organization said that the range they had budgeted for the position was between 125 and 150,000, almost three times what he was going to ask for. That's a big deal. And so that idea of he who mentions the numbers last wins or she is very it's very important, it's practical, it's real, it happens. So give yourself a chance, try it, go out on a limb, and at least ask one question before you feel like you need to share that range. And definitely no need to share or ask before the employer brings up the topic. So that's the fourth secret to research. Fourth secret to negotiation is research. Know ahead of time what the organization's culture is, what they might offer, what the position in general offers. Use your resources. Use Glassdoor.com. Use, you know, Salary.com and um, the Bureau of Labor. Talk to people. If you have anyone that you can that, that you're comfortable with, talk to people, especially if you're making a transition into a new job or a new industry. Do as much research with actual human beings as you can. You don't have to ask what they make. You can ask what a starting salary for this job looks like or one of the my favorites that was shared by someone in one of my classes one time was to tell them the researched range. So based on my research, you know, the Bureau of Labor is saying that positions pay this much to this much. Does that seem accurate? It gives the person an opportunity to respond and give you information without feeling like they're sharing something specific about themselves. Do your research. So you're going to come up with a range if you feel like you have to share one. It's going to help you figure out if that job is even worth your time to apply to. It gives you an opportunity to, in some ways, kind of have the salary conversation without being rude and having the having the salary conversation. So the resources for doing that research, as I've said, salary.com, the Bureau of Labor websites, I like to use acinet.org. It's kind of the fastest path to get there in the Bureau of Labor websites, acinet.org. Um, so that you're doing that research before you go. So when you are doing your research, the fifth secret to salary negotiation is to align your range to their range or possible range based on the value that you add. So this is the research that you're doing and the the work you're doing in the interview as you go to understand what are they really looking for? How do you bring value? What are your qualifications that might be above and beyond what they were expecting? Then when you go to negotiate, you have that range that you researched and you've done the research there in the moment during your interviews to understand where you fit so that you can be realistic about the range that you present and 
and share specific ways in which you add value. So I've told this story on the show before, but it's been a while, working with a woman a while back who was applying to a position that actually did have a range listed. Amazing. And she had put together her research that this is the position, this is all the requirements they were looking for. This was the range. Through the interviews, she'd asked questions, she'd dug a little deeper, she'd really understood which of those qualifications were most important to those people who were hiring. Then they made her an offer that was kind of towards the lower end of the range, and she came back with her data. This were, these were the position requirements, these were the ways that she added value, these were the ways she went up and above and beyond the requirements, and so she was asking for a, something closer to this value or this range. So the position was listed at 40. She said, you know, based on my qualifications, I'd like to see how we could work together to get closer to 55. The language there is really important. It's collaboration, it's give and take, it's, you know, it's closer to, and so, the hiring manager looked at her and said, you know, that's a fair case, a fair statement. Let me go back and talk to my boss and see what we can do. And in fact, gave her $10,000 more than they had originally offered, which was about a 20% pay raise. Not going to get that on a year-to-year basis. You have the opportunity to negotiate a good starting point when you, when you start. Women typically don't negotiate. Don't let yourself fall into that trap if you're out there as a female listening. Ask that one question. What's their budgeted range? And see where it goes. So there's a lot of wisdom here in this book, What Color Is Your Parachute? Dick Bowles. It's worth your investment if you are thinking about making a career change or you're in the process of job searching, go go to the library first if you need to, skim through it, check it out, and then buy yourself a copy you can have on your bookshelf. It hasn't lost its power in almost 50 years, so my guess is that it'll be a great resource for you as you go through the rest of your career. And there's great information in the back about how to hire help if you decide you need help from a career coach or career counselor. Just a wealth of information here. So thank you to Dick Bowles for what must have been 60, 70 years, 60 plus years of dedication to the careers field and hope that it brings some value to those of you who are going through career transition. We'll be right back here again next week on The Career Confidant, doing what we can to help you in managing your career proactively. And as always, you can contact me at Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at astrategicadvantage.com. We look forward to seeing you right back here again next week on The Career Confidant. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant, Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then.